0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to Through the Bible in a Year with Pastor John. So glad you could join me today to get a portion of God's Word. Today, we're going to begin with Day 95, April 4th, 1st Kings 12 to 16. Israel Civil War. Overview. What was sown by Solomon is now reaped by Rehoboam. Solomon's great wealth was accumulated partially through excessive labor demands and taxation of the people. Rehoboam, his son, faced with the choice of decreasing or increasing taxes, foolishly follows the leading of his young advisors. He refuses and responds with harsh threats, prompting open revolt and the fracturing of the kingdom. One nation becomes two, with Jeroboam ruling the ten tribes in the north Israel and Rehoboam ruling only two tribes in the south, Judah. Jeroboam charts a godless course of idol worship in Israel that every one of his successors will imitate. In Judah, the picture is somewhat brighter as godly kings, such as Asa, introduced periodic revivals that, although short-lived, influenced their nation for God. Chapters 12 to 13, reign of Jeroboam, Israel. Chapter 14, reign by Rehoboam, Judah. Chapters 15 to 16, reigns of eight kings, Israel and Judah. Insight, deja vu. 1 Kings 12:16. The battle cry in 12:16 may sound familiar to you. It is almost identical to the words used in a rebellion against David in 2 Samuel 21. In both cases, this cry pitted the northern people of Israel against the inhabitants of Judah. The only difference is that the first rebellion was put down. This one divided the kingdom permanently. Insight. Kingly Calamity. 1 Kings 16. Of the seven kings of the northern kingdom of Israel in today's reading, only two, Beshyah, Amrai, died of natural causes. Two others, Nadab, Elah, were assassinated. One, Jeroboam, see Second Chronicles thirteen twenty, was struck down by God. One committed suicide. Zimri, and one, Ahab, see First Kings twenty two twenty nine to forty, was killed in battle. 1 Kings chapter 12, The Northern Tribes Revolt Rehoboam went to Shechem, where all Israel had gathered to make him king. When Jeroboam, son of Nebat, heard of this, he returned from Egypt, for he had fled to Egypt to escape from King Solomon. The leaders of Israel summoned him, and Jeroboam and the whole assembly of Israel went to speak with Rehoboam. Your father was a hard master, they said. Lighten the harsh labor demands and heavy taxes that your father imposed on us, then we will be your loyal subjects. Rehoboam replied, Give me three days to think this over, then come back for my answer. So the people went away. Then King Rehoboam discussed the matter with the older men who had counseled his father Solomon. What is your advice, he asked. How should I answer these people? The older counselors replied, If you are willing to be a servant to these people today and give them a favorable answer, they will always be your loyal subjects. But Rehoboam rejected the advice of the older men and instead asked the opinion of the young men who had grown up with him and were now his advisors. What is your advice, he asked them. How should I answer these people who want me to lighten the burdens imposed by my father? The young men replied, This is what you should tell those complainers who want a lighter burden. My little finger is thicker than my father's waist. Yes, my father laid heavy burdens on you, but I'm going to make them even heavier. My father beat you with whips, but I'll beat you with scorpions. Three days later, Jeroboam and all the people returned to hear Rehoboam's decision, just as the king had ordered. But Rehoboam spoke harshly to the people, for he rejected the advice of the older counselors and followed the counsel of his younger advisors. He told the people, My father laid heavy burdens on you, but I'm going to make them even heavier. My father beat you with whips, but I will beat you with scorpions. So the king paid no attention to the people. This turn of events was the will of the Lord, for it fulfilled the Lord's message to Jeroboam, son of Nebat, through the prophet Ahijah from Shiloh. When all Israel realized that the king had refused to listen to them, they responded, down with the dynasty of David. We have no interest in the son of Jesse. Back to your homes, O Israel. Look out for your own house, O David. So the people of Israel returned home, but Rehoboam continued to rule over the Israelites who lived in the towns of Judah. King Rehoboam sent Adinaram who was in charge of forced labor to restore order, but the people of Israel stoned him to death. When this news reached King Rehoboam, he quickly jumped into his chariot and fled to Jerusalem. And to this day, the northern tribes of Israel have refused to be ruled by a descendant of David. When the people of Israel learned of Jeroboam's return from Egypt, they called an assembly and made him king over all Israel. So only the tribe of Judah remained loyal to the family of David. Shemaiah's Prophecy When Rehoboam arrived at Jerusalem, he mobilized the men of Judah and the tribe of Benjamin. 180,000 select troops to fight against the men of Israel and to restore the kingdom to himself. But God said to Shemaiah, the man of God, Say to Rehoboam, son of Solomon, king of Judah, And to all the people of Judah and Benjamin, and to the rest of the people, this is what the Lord says. Do not fight against your relatives, the Israelites. Go back home, for what has happened is my doing. So they obeyed the message of the Lord and went home as the Lord had commanded. Jeroboam makes gold calves. Jeroboam then built up the city of Shechem in the hill country of Ephraim, and it became his capital. Later he went and built up the town of Peniel. Jeroboam thought to himself, Unless I am careful, the kingdom will return to the dynasty of David. When these people go to Jerusalem to offer sacrifices at the temple of the Lord, they will again give their allegiance to King Rehoboam of Judah. They will kill me and make him their king instead. So on the advice of his counselors, the king made two gold calves. He said to the people, It is too much trouble for you to worship in Jerusalem. Look, Israel, these are the gods who brought you out of Egypt. He placed these calf idols in Bethel and in Dan at either end of his kingdom. But this became a great sin, for the people worshiped the idols, traveling as far north as Dan to worship the one there. Jeroboam also erected buildings at the pagan shrines and ordained priests from the common people those who were not from the priestly tribe of Levi. And Jeroboam instituted a religious festival in Bethel, held on the 15th day of the 8th month, in imitation of the annual festival of shelters in Judah. There at Bethel, he himself offered sacrifices to the calves he had made, and he appointed priests for the pagan shrines he had made. So on the 15th day of the 8th month, a day that he himself had designated, Jeroboam offered sacrifices on the altar at Bethel. He instituted a religious festival for Israel and he went up to the altar to burn incense. 1 Kings chapter 13. A prophet denounces Jeroboam. At the Lord's command, a man of God from Judah went to Bethel, arriving there just as Jeroboam was approaching the altar to burn incense. Then at the Lord's command, he shouted, O altar! Altar. This is what the Lord says. A child named Josiah will be born into the dynasty of David. On you, he will sacrifice the priests from the pagan shrines who come here to burn incense and human bones will be burned on you. That same day, the man of God gave a sign to prove his message. He said, the Lord has promised to give this sign. This altar will split apart and its ashes will be poured out on the ground. When King Jeroboam heard the man of God speaking against the altar at Bethel, he pointed at him and shouted, seize that man. But instantly the king's hand became paralyzed in that position and he couldn't pull it back. At the same time, a wide crack appeared in the altar and the ashes poured out just as the man of God had predicted in his message from the Lord. The king cried out to the man of God, please ask the Lord your God to restore my hand again. So the man of God prayed to the Lord, and the king's hand was restored, and he could move it again. Then the king said to the man of God, come to the palace with me and have something to eat, and I will give you a gift. But the man of God said to the king, even if you gave me half of everything you own, I would not go with you. I would not eat or drink anything in this place, for the Lord gave me this command. You must not eat or drink anything while you are there and do not return to Judah by the same way you came. So he left Bethel and went home another way. As it happened, there was an old prophet living in Bethel, and his sons came home and told him what the man of God had done in Bethel that day. They also told their father what the man had said to the king. The old prophet asked them, which way did he go? So they showed their father which road the man of God had taken. Quick, saddle the donkey, the old man said. So they saddled the donkey for him, and he mounted it. Then he rode after the man of God and found him sitting under a great tree. The old prophet asked him, Are you the man of God who came from Judah? Yes, I am, he replied. Then he said to the man of God, Come home with me and eat some food. No, I cannot, he replied. I am not allowed to eat or drink anything here in this place. For the Lord gave me this command, You must not eat or drink anything while you are there, and do not return to Judah by the same way you came. But the old prophet answered, I am a prophet too, just as you are. And an angel gave me this command from the Lord, bring him home with you so he can have something to eat and drink. But the old man was lying to him. So they went back together, and a man of God ate and drank at the prophet's home. Then while he was sitting at the table, a command from the Lord came to the old prophet. He cried out to the man of God from Judah. This is what the Lord says. You have defied the word of the Lord and have disobeyed the command the Lord your God gave you. You came back to this place and ate and drank where he told you not to eat or drink. Because of this, your body will not be buried in the grave of your ancestors. After the man of God had finished eating and drinking, the old prophet saddled his own donkey for him and the man of God started off again. But as he was traveling along, a lion came out and killed him. His body lay there on the road with the donkey and the lion standing beside it. People who passed by saw the body lying in the road and the lion standing beside it. And then they went and reported it in Bethel, where the old prophet lived. When the prophet heard the report, he said, It is the man of God who disobeyed the Lord's command. The Lord has fulfilled his word by causing the lion to attack. And kill him, then the prophet said to his sons, "Saddle the donkey for me," so they saddled the donkey, and he went out and found the body lying in the road. The donkey and lion were still standing there beside it, for the lion had not eaten the body nor attacked the donkey. So the prophet laid the body of the man of God on the donkey and took it back to the town to mourn over him and bury him. He laid the body in his own grave, crying out in grief, O oh, my brother." Afterward, the prophet said to his sons, When I die, bury me in the grave where the man of God is buried. Lay my bones beside his bones. For the message of the Lord told him to proclaim against the altar in Bethel and against the pagan shrines in the towns of Samaria will certainly come true. But even after this, Jeroboam did not turn from his evil ways. He continued to choose priests from the common people. He appointed anyone who wanted to become a priest for the pagan shrines. This became a great sin and resulted in the utter destruction of Jeroboam's dynasty from the face of the earth. 1 Kings chapter 14 Ahijah's prophecy against Jeroboam. At that time, Jeroboam's son, Abahijah, became very sick. So Jeroboam told his wife, Disguise yourself so that no one will recognize you as my wife. Then go to the prophet Ahijah at Shiloh the man who told me I would become king take him a gift of ten loaves of bread some cakes and a jar of honey and ask him what will happen to the boy so Jeroboam's wife went to Ahijah's home at Shiloh he was an old man now and could no longer see but the Lord had told Ahijah Jeroboam's wife will come here pretending to be someone else she will ask you about her son for he is very sick Give her the answer I give you. So when Ahijah heard her footsteps at the door, he called out, Come in, wife of Jeroboam. Why are you pretending to be someone else? Then he told her, I have bad news for you. Give your husband Jeroboam this message from the Lord, the God of Israel. I promoted you from the ranks of the common people and made you ruler over my people Israel. I ripped the kingdom away from the family of David and gave it to you. But you have not been like my servant David, who obeyed my commands and followed me with all his heart and always did whatever I wanted. You have done more evil than all who lived before you. You have made other gods for yourself and have made me furious with your gold calves. And since you have turned your back on me, I will bring disaster on your dynasty and will destroy every one of your male descendants, slave and free alike. Anywhere in Israel, I will burn up your royal dynasty as one burns up trash until it is all gone. The members of Jeroboam's family who die in the city will be eaten by dogs, and those who die in the field will be eaten by vultures. I, the Lord, have spoken. Then Ahijah said to Jeroboam's wife Go on home, and when you enter the city, the child will die. All Israel will mourn for him and bury him. He is the only member of your family who will have a proper burial. For this child is the only good thing that the Lord, the God of Israel, sees in the entire family of Jeroboam. In addition, the Lord will raise up a king over Israel who will destroy the family of Jeroboam. This will happen today, even now. Then the Lord will shake Israel like a reed whipped about in a stream. He will uproot the people of Israel from this good land that he gave their ancestors and will scatter them beyond the Euphrates River, for they have angered the Lord with the Asherah poles they have set up for worship. He will abandon Israel because Jeroboam sinned and made Israel sin along with him. So Jeroboam's wife returned to Terzah, and the child died just as she walked through the door of her home. And all Israel buried him and mourned for him, as the Lord had promised through the prophet Ahijah. The rest of the events in Jeroboam's reign including all his wars and how he ruled are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Israel. Jeroboam reigned in Israel 22 years. When Jeroboam died his son Nadab became the next king. Rehoboam rules in Judah. Meanwhile Rehoboam son of Solomon was king in Judah. He was 41 years old when he became king and he reigned 17 years in Jerusalem. The city the Lord had chosen from among all the tribes of Israel as the place to honor his name. Rehoboam's mother was Naamah, an Ammonite woman. During Rehoboam's reign, the people of Judah did what was evil in the Lord's sight, provoking his anger with their sin, for it was even worse than that of their ancestors. For they also built for themselves pagan shrines and set up sacred pillars, and Asherah poles on every high hill and under every green tree. There were even male and female shrine prostitutes throughout the land. The people imitated the detestable practices of the pagan nations the Lord had driven from the land ahead of the Israelites. In the fifth year of King Rehoboam's reign, King Shishak of Egypt came up and attacked Jerusalem. He ransacked the treasuries of the Lord's temple and the royal palace. He stole everything, including all the gold shields Solomon had made. King Rehoboam later replaced them with bronze shields as substitutes, and he entrusted them to the care of the commanders of the god who protected the entrance to the royal palace. Whenever the king went to the temple of the Lord, the gods would also take the shields and then return them to the room. The rest of the events in Rehoboam's reign and everything he did are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Judah. There was constant war between Rehoboam and Jeroboam. When Rehoboam died, he was buried among his ancestors in the city of David. His mother was Namah, an Ammonite woman. Then his son Abijam became the next king. First Kings chapter 15 Abijam rules in Judah. Abijam began to rule over Judah in the 18th year of Jeroboam's reign in Israel. He reigned in Jerusalem three years. His mother was Makah, the granddaughter of Absalom. He committed the same sins as his father before him, and he was not faithful to the Lord his God as his ancestor David had been. But for David's sake, the Lord his God allowed his descendants to continue ruling, shining like a lamp. And he gave Abijam a son to rule after him in Jerusalem. For David had done what was pleasing in the Lord's sight and obeyed the Lord's commands throughout his life, except in the affair concerning Uriah the Hittite. There was war between Abijam and Jeroboam throughout Abijam's reign. The rest of the events in Abijam's reign and everything he did are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Judah. There was constant war between Abijam and Jeroboam. When Abijam died, he was buried in the city of David. Then his son Asa became the next king. Asa rules in Judah. Asa began to rule over Judah in the 20th year of Jeroboam's reign in Israel. He reigned in Jerusalem 41 years. His grandmother was Makah, the daughter of Absalom. Asa did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight, as his ancestor David had done. He banished the male and female shrine prostitutes from the land and got rid of all the idols his ancestors had made. He even deposed his grandmother Makah from her position as queen mother because she had made an obscene Asherah pole. He cut down her obscene pole and burned it in the Kidron Valley. Although the pagan shrines were not removed, Asa's heart remained completely faithful to the Lord throughout his life. He brought into the temple of the Lord the silver and gold and the various items that he and his father had dedicated. There was constant war between King Asa of Judah and King Basha of Israel. King Basha of Israel invaded Judah and fortified Ramah in order to prevent anyone from entering or leaving King Asa's territory in Judah. Asa responded by removing all the silver and gold that was left in the treasuries of the temple of the Lord and the royal palace. He sent it with some of his officials to Ben-Hadad, son of Tavramon, son of Hezen, the king of Aram, who was ruling in Damascus along with this message. Let there be a treaty between you and me, like the one between your father and my father. See, I am sending you a gift of silver and gold. Break your treaty with King Basha of Israel so that he will leave me alone. Ben-Hadad agreed to King Asa's request and sent the commanders of his army to attack the towns of Israel. They conquered the towns of Ejan, Dan, Abel-Beth-Makkah, and all Kinneret, and all the land of Naphtali. As soon as Basha of Israel heard what was happening, he abandoned his project of fortifying Ramah and withdrew to Terzah. Then, King Asa sent an order throughout Judah, requiring that everyone, without exception, help to carry away the building stones and timbers that Basha had been using to fortify Ramah. Asa used these materials to fortify the town of Geba in Benjamin. In the town of Mizpah, the rest of the events in Asa's reign, the extent of his power, everything he did, and the names of the cities he built are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Judah. In his old age, his feet became diseased. When Asa died, he was buried with his ancestors in the city of David. Then Jehoshaphat, Asa's son, became the next king. Nadab, rules in Israel. Nadab, son of Jeroboam, began to rule over Israel in the second year of King Asa's reign in Judah. He reigned in Israel two years, but he did what was evil in the Lord's sight and followed the example of his father, continuing the sins that Jeroboam had led Israel to commit. Then Basha, son of Ahijah, from the tribe of Issachar, Plotted against Nadab and assassinated him while he and the Israelite army were laying siege to the Philistine town of Gibbethon. Baasha killed Nadab in the third year of King Asa's reign in Judah and became the next king of Israel. He immediately slaughtered all the descendants of King Jeroboam so that not one of the royal family was left, just as the Lord had promised concerning Jeroboam by the prophet Ahijah from Shiloh. This was done because Jeroboam had provoked the anger of the Lord, the God of Israel, by the sins he had committed and the sins he had led Israel to commit. The rest of the events in Nadab's reign and everything he did are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Israel. Basha rules in Israel. There was constant war between King Asa of Judah and King Basha of Israel. Besha, son of Ahijah, began to rule over all Israel in the third year of King Asa's reign in Judah. Besha reigned in Terzah 24 years, but he did what was evil in the Lord's sight and followed the example of Jeroboam, continuing the sins that Jeroboam had led Israel to commit. First Kings chapter 16 This message from the Lord was delivered to King Basha by the prophet Jehu, son of Hanani. I lifted you out of the dust to make you ruler of my people Israel, but you have followed the evil example of Jeroboam. You have provoked my anger by causing my people Israel to sin. So now I will destroy you and your family, just as I destroyed the descendants of Jeroboam son of Nebat. The members of Baish's family who die in the city will be eaten by dogs, and those who die in the field will be eaten by vultures. The rest of the events in Baisha's reign and the extent of his power are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Israel. When Baisha died, he was buried in Terza. Then his son, Elah, became the next king. The message from the Lord against Baisha and his family came through the prophet Jehu, son of Hanani. It was delivered because Basha had done what was evil in the Lord's sight. Just as the family of Jeroboam had done, and also because Baasha had destroyed the family of Jeroboam. The Lord's anger was provoked by Baasha's sins. Elah rules in Israel. Elah, son of Baasha, began to rule over Israel in the 26th year of King Asa's reign in Judah. He reigned in the city of Terzah for two years. Then Zimri, who commanded half the royal chariots, made plans to kill him. One day in Tirzah, Elah was getting drunk at the home of Arza, the supervisor of the palace. Zimri walked in and struck him down and killed him. This happened in the 27th year of King Asa's reign in Judah. Then Zimri became the next king. Zimri immediately killed the entire royal family of Baasha leaving him not even a single male child. He even destroyed distant relatives and friends. So Zimri destroyed the dynasty of Basha as the Lord had promised through the prophet Jehu. This happened because of all the sins Besha and his son Elah had committed and because of the sins they led Israel to commit. They provoked the anger of the Lord, the God of Israel, with their worthless idols. The rest of the events in Elah's reign and everything he did are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Israel. Zimri rules in Israel. Zimri began to rule over Israel in the 27th year of King Asa's reign in Judah, but his reign in Terza lasted only seven days. The army of Israel was then attacking the Philistine town of Gibbethon When they heard that Zimri had committed treason and had assassinated the king, that very day they chose Omri, commander of the army, as the new king of Israel. So Omri led the entire army of Israel up from Gibbethon to attack Terzah, Israel's capital. When Zimri saw that the city had been taken, he went into the citadel of the palace and burned it down over himself and died in the flames for he too had done what was evil in the Lord's sight. He followed the example of Jeroboam and all the sins he had committed and led Israel to commit. The rest of the events of Zimri's reign and his conspiracy are recorded in the book of the History of the Kings of Israel. Amri rules in Israel, but now the people of Israel were split into two factions. Half the people tried to make Tibnai, son of Ginat, their king, while the other half supported Amri. But Amri's supporters defeated the supporters of Tibni, So Tibnai was killed, and Amri became the next king. Amri began to rule over Israel in the 31st year of King Asa's reign in Judah. He reigned 12 years in all, six of them in Terza. Then Amri bought the hill, now known as Samaria, from its owner, Shema, for 150 pounds of silver. He built a city on it and called the city Samaria in honor of Shema. But Omri did what was evil in the Lord's sight even more than any of the kings before him. He followed the example of Jeroboam, son of Nabat, in the sins he had committed and led Israel to commit. The people provoked the anger of the Lord, the God of Israel, with their worthless idols. The rest of the events in Omri's reign. The extent of his power and everything he did are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Israel. When Amri died, he was buried in Samaria. Then his son Ahab became the next king. Ahab rules in Israel. Ahab, son of Amri, began to rule over Israel in the 38th year of King Asa's reign in Judah. He reigned in Samaria 22 years, but Ahab son of Amri, did what was evil in the Lord's sight even more than any of the kings before him. And as though it were not enough to follow the sinful example of Jeroboam, he married Jezebel, the daughter of King Ethbaal of the Sidonians, and he began to bow down in worship of Baal. First Ahab built a temple and an altar for Baal in Samaria, then he set up an Asherah pole. He did more to provoke the anger of the Lord, the God of Israel, than any of the other kings of Israel before him. It was during his reign that Hiel, a man from Bethel, rebuilt Jericho. When he laid its foundation, it cost him the life of his oldest son, Ibaram. And when he completed it and set up its gates, it cost him the life of his youngest son, Seagum. This all happened according to the message from the Lord concerning Jericho, Spoken by Joshua, son of Nun. My daily walk. Rate the following six influences in the order that you feel they have affected the lives of your children or your own life if you are not a parent. Use one for most influential, two for next most influential, etc. Television, church, parents, friends, school. Brothers, sisters, the epitaph he followed the example of his father could be penned over almost every king you will read about in today's section. With surprising regularity, the son became a carbon copy of his father, patterning his spiritual and moral actions after those of his parents. Parents, if your children walk in your ways, will you be happy or horrified? Tonight, Before putting them to bed, give them the above quiz. Then discuss ways that as a family, you can follow the example of the Lord. Others will follow your footsteps more easily than they will follow your advice. That's great advice. That's all for today, my friends. It was great reading along with you. Have a great day, and God bless. And I will see you tomorrow, Lord willing. Peace.